Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Now watch these words in verse 12. When Jesus say these two words with me, saw her. What do we see there? He was sensitive to the needs of who? Others. He walks in, he's teaching, but he sees someone that needs the touch of God. Now remember, in a short time, a matter of months, he's going to be crucified. He's not focused about his problems. He's focused on meeting the needs of others. One of the hallmarks of Jesus' time on earth was his attention to others and compassion for their situations. In this story, we see the same thing. He was only a short time away from giving his life for the sins of mankind, which would cause him to be out of fellowship with God the Father for the first time in eternity. Pastor Mark will be teaching about the great love and care Jesus had for this woman in particular and all of us in general. He will be explaining as well how we can miss God's best when we get hung up on man-made rules and regulations instead of focusing on loving others. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark with part one of his message, Love People, God's Way to Heaven and Our Mission. Meet others' needs. Say it with me. Meet others' needs. Now you're going to see how that portrays out because Jesus is approaching Jerusalem. He's going soon to his death. He's going to be betrayed. And you'll see that those words so powerfully as we read the scriptures. Luke 13, 10. On a Sabbath, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues. Here again, we see the importance of being in church and being taught the word of God. Our role model is Jesus. Thank you for being here. This is how we learn to do life right. You have your Bibles in front of you. This is the teaching from Jesus. It's not my teaching. I'm just the agent that's sharing the truth of God. Well, as he's in the synagogue, look what happens in verse 11. And a woman was there who have been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and couldn't straighten up at all. Now I want you to look at me. We don't know the exact name of the disease that she had, but this is about what it would be like for 18 years. She couldn't tell you what the weather is. She couldn't see the sun. She couldn't see your face, really. 18 years. Now, what's interesting, the scripture says that evidently 
for 18 years, where was she on the Sabbath? Okay, I'm waiting. Where was she on the Sabbath? She was in church. You know, we're from up north. And when it snowed this much, you ask the people, well, why weren't you there last Sunday? Well, there was two snowflakes on the ground. <laughs> Don't laugh. In Florida, there's four raindrops. Or the temperature goes down 10 degrees. Oh, I can't go to church today. Thank you for being here. But do you see, like this for 18 years, silly excuses we use. Well, while she's there, notice something interesting. She was crippled by an evil spirit. Now, this doesn't mean she was demon-possessed. She was simply oppressed by Satan's power. Now, watch these words in verse 12. When Jesus, say these two words with me, saw her. What do we see there? He was sensitive to the needs of who? Others. He walks in. He's teaching, but he sees someone that needs the touch of God. Now, remember, in a short time, a matter of months, he's going to be crucified. He's not focused about his problems. He's focused on meeting the needs of others. He called her forward and said to her, woman, you are set free, words she'd never heard before. From your infirmity. Then he put his hands on her. And immediately she straightened up. And praised God. You see he called her forward up front. Why? To show the congregation at the synagogue that day. That Satan's power. Would be defeated. By Jesus power. And the words that had authority. He spoke the word. And then he touched her. And she was instantly freed. For the first time. In 18 years, she could stand up straight with no pain. What would that look like? Here comes Jesus, and he comes, and he says, you're free, and then she feels a touch. And how long did it take her to stand up straight? You got to be kidding me. What kind of medicine is that? It's called a miracle. Does <laughs> God still do miracles today? Amen. He still heals today. Now, when she stood up straight, who do you think the first face she looked at? You got it, baby. What a wonderful name. What a powerful name, Jesus. Now, that day, as she did that, we see some results and some impact. If you were there in that synagogue that morning, what would the service be like? What do you think it'd be like? Wow. What a change. How many of us would be shouting up and down? Who cares what happened that Sunday, huh? I mean, 18 years you've watched this lady come in. She walks out straight as can be. Now, when you see that happening, understand what happens. As you're looking at that, you would think everybody in the sanctuary That synagogue is going, yay, way to go, Jesus. But not everybody was praising God. Look at verse 14. Indignant because Jesus had healed on the, say it with me, the the Sabbath. The synagogue leader said to the people, watch me. So the synagogue leader, the Jewish Pharisee, gets up in front of the people. 
And watch what he says. He didn't say, wow, wasn't that fantastic to see this woman finally freed by God? This is amazing. Look what he says. Hey, there are six days for work. So come and be healed on those days. How dare you come on the Sabbath to be healed? Thank you very much for the cold shower. Understand, normally Jesus is pretty mild mannered. (laughs) That's what he says in verse 15. And the Lord answered him, you hypocrites. Why would he call them hypocrites? Well, look what happens. He knew it all. Doesn't each of you, talking to the Pharisees, doesn't each of you on the Sabbath untie your ox and donkey from the stall and lead it out to give it water? He confronts him and he says, your position as a leader, your dead religion, you love that, but you have no regard for people. Understand, the Jewish religion had become dead, legalistic, filled with rules, no compassion for the needs of others. Come back on another day. It's been 18 years. What's one more day? No compassion for people. They're only thinking of themselves. And what Jesus is really saying is, you know what? You need to repent of your self-righteous pride. Here you've seen a miracle. And all you're thinking about is yourself. And by the way, you're condemning legalistic attitude. Hello, you value people less than animals. How dare you? Remember what repentance is. Jesus was always talking about repentance. Repentance is to change your mind. He's trying to get them to think properly, which results in a change of direction and behavior. Let me show you what that looks like. A couple weeks ago, Jesus gave it to us. He was saying to these Pharisees, because all of us from time to time have to repent. He's saying, you need to turn from this self-righteous kind of thing in your dead rules and regulations. God can heal anytime he wants. He's God. He said, you need to turn from your sin. Now, the person that's affecting your thinking is Satan, because he wasn't happy with this. And by the way, death is a result unless you repent. So he says, you have to turn from. But you just don't turn from. You have to turn to something. You have to turn to salvation and God and life. So he's saying to these very religious people, they hated what he just said. He says to them, look, you're wrong. Repent. How dare you be upset when you treat animals more importantly than you treat people who were made in the image of God. And now what happens? Look at verse 16. He then goes on. Then should not this woman A daughter of Abraham, who Satan has kept bound for 18 years, be set free on the Sabbath day from what bound her. And when he said this, all his opponents were humiliated. And the people were delighted with all the wonderful things he was doing. So he set the record straight. Now, what do we learn from this encounter? This is a real encounter. What do we learn from this encounter? Here it is. Look at, write it down. We see VIO in action. Jesus understood the value and impact of how many women in that service? Tell me. One. one. Just one. He saw a need of one. He isn't thinking of his own needs. He goes to this lady, touches her, says the word, she's free, she's healed. Now, did she have any impact in the synagogue? When she stood up straight, you can imagine the people going, oh. after 18 years, You know, some of us, as we get older, 
You can't even get out of bed in the morning without. <laughs> Young people, don't you laugh. You're going there too. Can I hear an amen right there? Exactly. Exactly. She gets up, and so that, that congregation is impacted. The whole community, she goes home. How about her family, her friends? They're all impacted. And by the way, as we read this today, does it impact you and me? Yes, it does. Why? Write this down. Only Jesus can heal and free people. Now, she'd been gone to the synagogue for 18 years. Could the synagogue heal her? Could the Pharisees heal her? Well, Pastor Mark, if she come to Calvary Chapel, be different. Can Calvary Chapel heal this woman? No. But I can heal her. Exactly. Not many of you didn't say that right. No, I could not heal her. You couldn't heal her either. Only Jesus can heal her. He's freeing people. And that's why, remember, he who the sun sets free is free. Indeed. Let me stop for a moment. We're going to have a time of prayer at the end, up front, for you, if you'd like to come to prayer counselors. See, you're bound today, not demonic, you're Christian, not demonic, but there's strongholds. Maybe drugs, alcohol, cigarettes, sexual things, some kind of oppression in your life. I can tell you this morning, if you'll come and be prayed for, you can be healed today, just like this woman. Now, why was she healed? Because God was in the house. Is God in the house today? Can I hear an amen? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Say, nice statement, Mark. No, no, this is an experience you need to have. We've had so many people come over the weekend to just get freed of that which binds you. You don't have to mention what it is. It's not important. But God can heal you because he knows exactly what it is. Amen. Now, here comes an interesting thing. Look at verse 18. Then Jesus asked, what is the kingdom of God like? Kingdom is where a person rules. What is the kingdom of God? We can say it's not exactly equal, but it's close enough for us. We can say, what's the church supposed to be like? Because Jesus is the head of the church. And what is the kingdom of God like? What shall I compare it to? Now, look at me. God gives two different parables, and I'll explain them to you. It is like, Jesus says, a mustard seed, smallest seed, which a man took and planted in his garden. It grew, and it became a tree. And the birds perched in its branches. And again, he said, what shall I compare the kingdom of God to? Here's the second parable. It's like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour. Now, that'd be quite a few loaves of bread right there. Until it worked its way, basically, all through the dough. Now, I want you to look at me. I'm not going to spend a lot of time, but it's very interesting. These two parables, for many, 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 many years, actually hundreds and hundreds of years, have had two interpretations. Wonderful, respected pastor, teachers, commentators, Bible scholars, they have two different interpretations of this. I'm going to give you, there's a majority view. Here's what most people, and there'd be evangelical Christian leaders, pastors that I could give you their names that believe this. And then there's the minority view. And these are the same kind of people with their names. You'd know them, you'd respect them that have the minority view. Now, as I go through this, I'm going to try to share with you both views. Because I see at the end, I see both sides. 
And I'm not going to tell you which I've been to, but you can kind of listen to it. I think you'll see both sides. How many know you said, well, Pastor Mark, why would Jesus put a parable in there when we can't kind of figure? I mean, great Christians here believe this and great Christians here believe that. Well, the Bible says what? Some things we see through a glass darkly. We don't get it up. By the way, you know, when we get to heaven, we're all going to be right. Because we'll find out, what did you believe? What is wrong with you? <laughs> we, the, 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 the basics, we believe. Some of the other stuff, we just don't get it together. So have fun with me. Don't email me. You, you're going, Pastor Mark, I have a revolution. I know the answer to that. Like 5,000 people have never known it, but you have it. Right. Let's just enjoy together. Now, we're going to have fun. Watch this. This is huge. Now, the majority view first. Here's what most Bible scholars believe. The kingdom of God is represented by a mustard seed and yeast. What are both of those? They start very small, very small. But one, this mustard seed grows into what? A huge tree. And the second one, the yeast, how much does it grow? Well, there's 60 pounds of flour. It invades all of it. It's huge. It has an impact on all of it. So, What is that from the majority view, which is kind of the positive view? Here it is. Even though the kingdom of God starts small, it will expand greatly in all the world. Now, the interesting part is the birds that get in this tree, these scholars believe those birds are Gentiles. In other words, as the church grows, when the church was established in Jerusalem, who is the church established with? Jewish people. There were no Gentiles. In fact, the Gentiles were thought as evil people in those days. So when it started with 120, what happens? All of a sudden, the 120 in the upper room expand. And within 30 years, you hear these words. Those people who have turned the world upside down have come here. And what happened? How did that happen? Because now it was not just spreading to Jews. It was spreading to who? Gentiles all over the world. Now, I would say this morning, 99% of you are Gentiles. How did you get here? Because the gospel did what? It expanded. It grew. And it continues to grow today. By the way, we're on VIO. What are we trying to do? Expand the kingdom of God. Get people saved. Most of the people you're going to witness to, not all. I met another Jewish lady this morning that's a believer. Uh, two, uh, wonderful time talking with her. But most of the people we're going to talk to are Gentiles. So it's going to expand. We know that God's still growing his church. Now here's the minority view. Here's the other view. Sometimes I lean to this one. Here's the other view. The mustard seed grows into a large tree. Normally, what does the mustard seed look like? It's a little shrub. Just a small shrub. So they believe this is abnormal growth. It's like weird. How could that be a tree? That's, that's like a cancer. It's like weird growth. And the birds, in their understanding, are evil. Often, birds are evil in the Bible, but not always. Now, leaven, on the other hand, any place you find leaven, yeast, it is always evil in the Bible. It is always something that permeates. So even though the seed grows large and the leaven expands to these people, myself maybe, but I see both now, it's not a positive sign. It's a picture, listen, of unhealthy growth, lots of people going to churches that dilute the Bible and actually many of the people there are not real 
Christians. It's also a picture of false religions and cults that appear godly from the outside, but deny the basic foundations of Christianity, especially the Trinity. So let me give you an example. In this belief, here all of a sudden is leaven, and it permeates everything. And then over here is a picture of growth. It's abnormal, and on the top is evil birds. So what are they saying? They said, be careful, because as future goes on, the churches will look really large. And people go, wow, successful, successful. Well, it's, numbers isn't the issue. The issue is, are the people inside really Christians? You know this. I won't mention the name. But there's many places in the world where you can go in a church, and one of the churches I'm well aware of, good person, I'm not going to judge them, I'm just going to tell you the truth, 50,000 people. Now, why do they go there? Because their ears are tickled. In that church, you will never hear the word sin. I heard an interview with a pastor recently, and someone said, why don't you ever mention hell? He says, that's not my calling as a pastor to talk about hell. Really? (laughs) You're going to see Jesus talk about it today. So see, you say, well, what is it? Well, it's a place. See, when people see big crowds, they go, wow, look at all those Christians. Maybe not. How about the cults? Maybe not. If you go in any foreign country in the world, who will you see over there? Mormons, Jehovah's Witnesses. Do they believe in the same Jesus we believe in? No, not at all. And so understand, that's that balance. So Pastor Mark, what am I supposed to do with this? Well, let me show you. I kind of wrote it down. I see truth in both of these. When we get to heaven, he'll tell us what it is. But you're going to see both. Here we are. Write this down this morning. First thing, be aware. This is the minority view. Be aware that Satan loves to infiltrate the church with false teachers and false doctrines. Is that true? Yes. All over the world. You have lots of places today, you know, that will not teach the word of God anymore. Do you know there's many churches now in our world won't teach the first five books of the Bible? That's just kind of a story that was made up about Adam and Eve. Really? What do we see in the first three chapters of Genesis? We see marriage between one man and one woman. We see original sin. Well, no wonder I don't have to talk about repentance or sin because I don't believe in the book of Genesis. This is the way it works. Now, watch what Paul writes to Timothy. Talking as our churches. If they get infiltrated with evil, it seems to spread. Do you know in our church, you know, 20, 22 years soon, we've had to, from time to time, get to a small group and remove the leader or a person in the small group. You know why? Because they're spreading what? False stuff. Here's an example. We've had this numbers of times. We find an individual in the group and they go and always stir the group up. Here's what they say. The only Bible you can use is the King James Bible because that's the Bible Jesus used. That's a stupid statement. But they would say, if you're using the New Living Translation or you're using the NIV or the New King James, no way, it's the wrong Bible. We just remove them. You know why? Because if you don't, that permeates like yeast and water. How much does it spread? It can spread through the whole congregation. Do you get it? It's amazing that in the middle of a wonderful story of healing that there are those who are so enamored with their own way of doing things that they miss the big picture. Pastor Mark warned us to check ourselves to be sure that we were more focused on loving people than loving institutions or procedures. We need to do what Jesus did, love and serve people first. 
You've been listening to Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Each day here on Lessons for Living, we share messages that Pastor Mark taught at the main campus in Melbourne. Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church. And today's message was exactly what you were looking for. Join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. In the next part of this message, we'll hear Pastor Mark continue to speak about the value and impact of one and what thinking about that will mean for our lives. He will continue to share Jesus' teaching about the kingdom of God as well as about the opponent to that kingdom. We will be reminded of our need for repentance and submission to the will of God. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through this series of messages, Everyday Life of Jesus. That's next time on Lessons for Living. in a hurting world a new hope he is giving